Lord, bear me strength. Okay, you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Hello and welcome. Welcome. We're back. This is the six pack. We've been gone for a very long time. <laughs> we are so overexcited about the podcast that no one listens to. Love to podcast. Love to podcast. That's T O O. I completely missed this. I didn't. Oh yeah. Well, we're doing a podcast again. Yeah. This is the uh, special Christmas edition. This is the Christmas special. I have no idea what episode it is, but we're on a brief, <laughs> yeah, we're on a brief really hiatus. Um, like we might both months. had life events where it just uh, didn't make sense to podcast, but we're back at it, doing it again. Yeah. The gang. Butch Cassidy here. and the Sundance Kid. Wait, who's am I the Butch Cassidy? Yeah. Cool. And if anybody messes with Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. <laughs> <laughs> the Sundance Kid. Well, okay, so we're back, and this is the Christmas episode. So many of the things today will be about Christmas, which is this holiday that happens in December for people who are Christian and then also people who like gifts. Yes. Um, which seems to be an increasingly large number of people. Yeah, people like gifts. I know, right? Gifts. Surprisingly well liked. Also, I just realized we do our best on this podcast with terrible audio quality to make it as quiet as possible in the background. Yeah. But... I don't know. Oh, it just went away. The radiator. <laughs> the radiator. In the back it keeps like going bonk, bonk, <laughs> bonk. And That's what we in the podcast business call found sound. Found sound. And yes. it's it's lived in. We're like an old timey radio yeah, show. It's, it's <laughs> like, like milkman comes to the door. I've got your milk. This except is this a radio. this is a Prairie Home Companion, except without <laughs> a hopefully sexual harassment uh, lawsuits. I'm just gonna leave that one. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about that today or ever. I'm just gonna leave um, that right there. But you all will get a small glimpse into what it's like to live in Mike's apartment with all of these very strange noises. That We're Mike, talking in the third person now? I don't, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alice's Restaurant, but Mike's uh, apartment. I'm going to write a song about all the odd noises in my apartment. <laughs> There's a lot of them. All right. And so welcome back to this. To yeah. The okay. So, Tim, you got the beer keeping with the Christmas theme today. What did you choose for us today? Did you just fall into a bad person for a while? <laughs> what did you choose for us to drink today? Uh, well, uh, I don't even know if we're on the right pace of like who's picking the beer. We forgot about oh, that. Yeah, so we this completely is... forgot about that. This is basically just so, this is a Christmas special. It's a one-off. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, so we were at the beer store where they sell the beers, and I saw that there was... Uh, a revolution brewing product, a holiday ale called the Fistmas. Uh, it has a picture of old St. Nick on it. Uh, it's red and green. That was the first burp of the podcast. <laughs> we haven't uh, even started drinking yet. Well, oh, we I had, had pizza for dinner. Oh, yeah. um, Did pizza make you burp? Apparently, bro. Very carbonated pizza. Yeah, it was. It was very fizzy <laughs> pizza. Uh, I don't even know if I've had this beer. I probably have at some point, but I don't remember it. So yeah. it could be god awful. I feel like I've had it too. I'm predicting because it's a holiday ale. It's going to have a, like a shit ton of spices. Yeah. And it's going to be like probably amber in color, although we're drinking it out of the can, so you can't really tell. It'll probably be fine. I mean, it's a good, it's revolution. They're good. Yeah. Also, so, um, we should point out that we bought them. Uh, they were warm. So yeah, hopefully they've, they've cooled they a little bit. They've been chilling for like an hour or so. By the end of this podcast, we will be drinking hot, hot beer. beer. Love hot beer. All right. So, wait, who's going first then? So, yes. Mike's first time forgetting the, how the format of our own podcast works, the Six Pack Podcast, where, I'm glad you reminded me because I have to run through the rules. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Six Pack Podcast works like this. We got a six pack of beer this week. It's the Fistmas, keeping with the Christmas theme. Uh, each person uh, drinks a beer. The other person uh has picked the topic. The person who's drinking the beer can rush through their beer to end the topic if they really don't like the topic. Six beers, six topics, three topics per person. Mike's going to pick something dumb. I'll probably have to chug. False. All right. Well, there you go. If you don't really know it by now, I don't know why you're picking it up on the Christmas special. Uh, but <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to we're gonna try to do this weekly again or yeah, uh, keep this thing going. But anyway, since I technically pick this beer even though you were present for it that means you drink the first bronze cool oh I drink first yeah you drink the first bronze cool oh also we should point out oh that actually didn't work too or it wasn't too bad that's a good sound yeah the uh, revolution is one of those breweries that has the newfangled weird 
hard plastic things that hold. Yeah, you've got to be a power lifter to get one. Yeah, out. they're they're just. I mean, I understand they're better for the environment, I guess, even though they're still made of plastic. But they're so hard to get the damn beer. I like it better it. though because sometimes if you're carrying a six pack over, yeah, over a distance, true. they start to fall apart. That's true. So I like it better. I mean, I'll put in the extra work. I'll exercise for my bronze. That's a weird noise. Don't do that. That's really bad for the listener. <laughs> well, I'm We're just actively pushing away the the listeners that we left it's starving like without a podcast. For our two parents. All right, open it up. Okay, here we go. There yeah. we go. Oh, I smushed it. Yeah. Okay. You can tell we haven't done it for a while because I'm jealous of you having the first beer and. That is not going to be the case after I have my first one. How is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had his first sip, and it is not a good response. It is. It he, is looked, um, he looked like a baby eating a lemon wedge. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, syrupy. Oh, that's always yeah, These good. are going to be great when they're really hot as hell. It's hot, fine. Hot it it would be good if it was much colder, but it's like, yeah, it's exactly what we expected. It's like... Here's a bunch of spice. Drink your damn beer. <laughs> Especially if it's hot. I would say that the best holiday beer is uh, what's what's that one from uh, shots to Connor Walters from Cleveland. What beer? Uh, the, the Lakes Holiday Ale. Oh it? yeah. Um, Should have known. Captain the name Lawrence. No, whatever. No, oh, I forget. Uh, also, this beer tastes like it has cloves in it. All right. Well, anyway, let's let's start. I've already had two sips. What's your topic? Uh. Oh, I did this backwards. What? You were supposed to do the first topic. I thought so. I know. Oh, well, okay. We'll go for it. Yeah, here we go. But no, uh, we had it right, but we wanted to do yours first topic first, yeah, so we should have just up. reversed it. Oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> the first thing we're going to talk about, oddly enough, since we have a Christmas beer going, <laughs> is uh, we're going <laughs> to... Oh, what a great start. Uh, we're going to talk about Christmas beverages. Mm. Not Christmas beer. Yeah, we're going to have a spirited debate. I had a great tweet on Twitter.com uh, <laughs> forward slash Jim Marson about this. I love nog season. It is nog season. It's time to drink eggnog. I like that you said that so loud that our headphones cut out to protect our ears. Yeah. So I'm sorry, reader, listeners whose headphones don't do that. <laughs> I'm also sorry to the readers out there. Yeah. Who's sure like, if someone's blind and getting a speech to text and like, yeah. the hell is wrong with these two guys <laughs> just reading our texts? Nog season. Nog season. Nog season. Yeah. I'm, I'm all aboard on the nog train. Yeah. But um, the reason I wouldn't say it's the best Christmas thing, and Christmas is a very indulgent time in general, right? Okay. You can't have... You can't indulge on them. You have three of them. You're gonna throw up. Yeah, th- and that is that is true. But here's oh well. First of all, so then what's your alternative? Mold wine. Mold wine. Yeah. Sweet berry wine. Sweet hot berry wine. Hot berry wine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I've never had mold wine, which oh, is yeah, something which doesn't help this so, argument. So what is yeah. mold wine? Mold wine is you've had sangria, right? Yeah. Conceptually, you understand how good sangria can be. Like it's a red wine sangria, right? Sure. Okay. I so mean, I, it's like that, except oh, it's oh, it's it's warm. So you kind of warm it in a big ass pot. Ass pot. Ass pot. Um, and you add spices and cloves. There's actually probably a lot of what's in this beer. Okay. Um, those kind of Christmassy spices. Huh. Um, and usually oranges and hmm. um, cinnamon sticks. Hmm. And those weird things that are star shaped, star anise. Um, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've probably had this. I think I have had this. Yeah, and you let it sit for a little while, and it like heats up, and it's delicious. Okay, so here's my counter argument to that. Okay, I understand how that would be more drinkable than eggnog. Also, it's cold out, so it's nice to have a hot drink. Yes, but if you're drinking eggnog as your principal drink, you're drinking it improperly. What eggnog? Sure. What eggnog should be is I prefer. Say you're having a Christmas gathering of some sort. Yeah, uh, you know, family gathering. Yeah. I prefer just have your drink of choice. Yeah. What's what's the thing you like drink? For me, if I'm had like a meal, I want a nice beer. So if say I have a couple beers and then you get towards the end of the night, there's a fire going. There's probably not a fire going for me because uh, I'm allergic to smoke. But you know whatever. Just <laughs> like are? there's there's like the this this is I'm setting a theme, so we're not going to be real here. Okay. There's a fire going. Family yeah. sitting around. Yeah. A nice glass of wine. A nice glass of nog. <laughs> oh, you said like, wine. I know. <laughs> a nice glass. A nice glass of nog. I thought I you was, can't beat it. You can have one to one and a half to maybe two if you're feeling saucy. I, I thought that, but they're delicious and they're a great way to end yeah, your night. I thought they were. I've only ever had like before food. 
See, I prefer after. Like a dessert. I prefer it almost, yeah, like a nice little nightcap drink. Like a dessert drink. Oh, I'm not okay. A, I think it's it's fantastic. I, um, I'm not opposed to that conceptually. Um, my my girlfriend, Carrie, hello you're, if you're listening. She's is, uh, Probably. Um, is she a big better, fan she of She has drinking, much better things to do. <laughs> probably. Um, is a big fan of drinking Guinness as a last drink at a bar, which That's I feel like is like the rest of the year time version of that. Yeah. Which I was good not in favor of until I tried it. I'm like, okay, actually, I get this. So so what you're saying is you either agree with my argument you're going against your girlfriend. <laughs> so, either, so either you're going to chug this beer. So either you're sparking a fight or you're going against Wait, your girlfriend. I'm, right, you know what? That's I'm going to okay. go. I'm, I'm going to do the Ralph Nader here and go for a third way. <laughs> no. Cider. Listen, if there's anything... <laughs> If there's anything we've learned about podcasting, there are no half takes, okay? There's no half measures. You go all out. Nog season. Fucking nog rules, man. All right. Uh, I will concede to your nog. I mean, considering The ceiling is just like, so much higher. I mean, you know, you conceded to me that autumn is the best season, so. Autumn is not the best season. Autumn is a bullshit season that stands for nothing. Stands for it stands for nothing. Sure, and, like and this and this last autumn proved my point because it hardly even existed. Yeah, that was annoying. That was a crap fake yeah. autumn. So you're welcome, Internet, for my great autumn theories and my great nog theories. I'm already full of this beer. Well, this finish it. Finish it. Finish it. Mike's chugging. Mike's chugging. Look at him go. Oh, he almost spilled. Oh, man. He almost, he almost baby birded that thing out of his mouth. <laughs> Trying really hard not to burp. So, very so loud. far, we've messed up the order. Ow. <laughs> Had, like, awkward silences. So, welcome back to the six-pack, where we do things in real life and describe them poorly in audio. <laughs> That's basically my life as a journalist. Wait, where, how many alcohols is this? Uh, I think it's pretty strong. Oh, great. It is... 6.5? Oh, man. Ooh. Do I have to go to work tomorrow? That's like, <laughs> that's like a pretty good IMDb rating. Yeah. Oh, I'm so full. All right, Tim, you're up. I'm going to speak for an hour. All right, that's me taking oh, out the six-pack. Man, this is going to be so painful. I might just chug it to make you drink your next <laughs> no, one. <I'll> throw up. <laughs> there will be, this will Wait, be this the end of the six-pack. Six Here's the six-pack. Mike threw up on it. Okay. I might actually do that. Oh, no. No, because we, we we're talking about... All right, well... We uh, haven't done a God's Honest Chug. That was pretty close. I had more than a third left. I feel awful now. I really need to burp. I'm trying to time it with your opening of the beer. All right, ready? Three, two... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked him. <laughs> no. you're, like, you're like Charlie Brown. I was losing with the football. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's that me winning the football. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of editing software. I'm gonna edit that out. We're terrible. We don't edit. I don't shit. know how to edit. Yeah, I'm very bad oh at editing. Oh god! Oh, that oh, was that. the first. <laughs> now I'm gonna chug this beer and make you. Yeah, but I feel better now. I'm probably okay. No, I'm gonna chug it. What's your subject? No, my what's, what's your subject? If I don't say it, you can't chug it. Okay, then never, never ending podcast. My, I'm drinking. Are you open? There's no rule. I'm drinking. Okay, my subject is Christmas music. Tim is sipping his beer. Um, and I was just gonna say that it's great to listen to Christmas music at this time of the year. I was gonna ask Tim. About halfway done. <laughs> oh, about halfway done. Oh, about halfway done. All right, Christmas music. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Christmas music? My favorite Christmas oh, that's song nice. is. Do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's Christmas? Oh, that's so great to show you. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, followed by the collective works of Sufjan Stevens's Christmas uh, songs. That's literally the most Mike Murphy thing you've ever said. So I, good. I think the most important thing is is that we acknowledge that the one British Christmas song is the best. It's and then from there, I'm going to go with like the... so many. I know. I'm just what about... Uh, I'm almost done. The John Lennon one that's really good. Or Imagine. No, it's not about Christmas. I know. The I, worst, just, I, don't know I don't remember. I'm trying um, to think of like what my favorite Christmas music would be, but I'm not really sure. What about... Oh, God, this is so hard to drink. It's intense, right? What yeah, about um, uh, the Pogue song? That's like everybody's favorite. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a good one, but it's like... Choosing that as your favorite Christmas song is basically saying, I don't conform, man. Which is... It's a good song. Yeah, but it is... I don't know. I like it a lot. Um, but I mean, Feed the World. So as uh, you on the podcast, may listeners may know, Africa is my favorite song. By Toto, I sing it 
every chance possible and feed the world. It just overtakes karaoke with, yeah, with yeah. Africa. Someone was telling me the other day that on their Spotify, uh, you know, year in review, if they had me doing karaoke, yeah. Mike Africa by Toto would definitely be in their top <laughs> listens. I, I can't even think about like what my favorite Christmas song would be just because I, I just put on like a station and let it ride. Yeah. I just like, so it's like what some about, of the classic stuff. Um, I mean, he is the worst person ever, but Phil Spector's Christmas album uh, the Motown Christmas album, which doesn't, I can't remember the name off the top of my head because it's just uh, like a rocking Christmas. I don't yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably the best. Okay. Even I, if Phil Spector's involved. I was literally discussing this with colleagues and I had what uh, my favorite Christmas music would be, but now because I've been chugging this beer, <laughs> I had like a song, yeah, right? I had a song that I should, oh, you know what I really enjoyed last year? This is yeah. what it was because I wanted to contribute something that was a little bit out of the ordinary. Yeah. Uh, Chance the Rapper's mixtape, Merry Christmas, Little Mama, with Jeremiah, oh, yeah, was cool really good. And it was really interesting and uh, a very neat take on it. I'm going to finish this beer. You know what else I like? Feliz Navidad. That song fucking slaps. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. That's all right. Damn. You're right. done. Mic's up. <laughs> that was the fastest a topic has ever happened. Okay. So now I'm going to do the piece to resistance. Well, That's first, a dogfish head beer. Oh, is it? No, it's... Uh, it's actually French on Detroit. You're bad at French. These are already warm. I know. I just chugged one in your face. <sighs> Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, at least we're going to talk about the single greatest topic that there can ever be. Uh, wait. Don't wait, no. tell me bacon. No, wait. We're screwing this up. You talk. I just talked, idiot. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> All right. So it's my choice. For yeah, you were trying to make me do both, and that's not how the podcast works. <laughs> so, what color is this? My place? next topic will be something that I told you was good a while ago. Did you? Yep. Were you the one? Yes, I told you to watch it, and you said I think that looks bad. And then mm. I told you who made it. It was you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I You're told right. you who made it, and you said it was good. And you were a hundred percent right. So now, I, I will not. I will not. Uh, argue so now bring, that, you I, that was the leading because I want to bring it back yeah. up because now we. I've talked about it. We agree on it, and let's just chat. Sure. The Good Place, uh, the comedy from Mike Schur, uh, featuring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson and many other good people. Yes, um, I remember seeing commercials for it when it uh, premiered last year, and you know how there's basically two styles of sitcoms that you can tell pretty much straight off the bat whether it's going to be a good one or a bad one based solely on the filmography, and I know this is like a really jerky thing to say. Well, a single cam is in style. Yes, but, um, you know, if you compare the way that, um, like, the Big Bang Theory is shot... Okay, yeah. ...to the way that The Office is shot... Yeah. Um, literally, just in the quality of filmography, you can tell this one is shitty, this one is might be good. And, I mean, obviously, this is a Fremulon show. It's the same production house. But, like, I didn't know that at the time. And I saw the trailers for it. And I'm like, this looks stupid. And I thought, okay, this is, like, some weird Ted Danson vehicle for him to try and get back to the top. And I wrote it off. And it wasn't until you told me recently. This was, like, a month ago or something. Yeah, it was very recently. Um, And I gave it a chance. And I watched uh, almost all of the first season in one go. And I thought it was one of the most original things I've seen in a really long time. I mean, I, I told you, I remember talking with you about it. And if you haven't watched The Good Place, I guess just like skip forward because if you haven't seen the first season, well, just I don't wanna, no, I don't want to ruin it for people. I think we can still talk about it without ruining it. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like we can talk about the first season. Like what really interests me in the show beyond like it's funny as hell. I mean, unless you really want to ruin it. No, I, I don't want to ruin it. I guess, yeah, I mean... we're here to, like, like, we're trying to tell people to yeah, listen yeah, to it. Yeah, we're here to make recommendations. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't want to ruin it. Um, there is a big twist, which probably even saying that was ruining it. Ru- ruined it. Ruining. Mike is not dealing with these beers well. It's <laughs> very strong. No, I mean, it's, um, it's what makes the show really great, in my opinion. Should we explain uh, what it is? Yeah, all right, so I'll give, you, I'll give you the premise real quick since this is technically my topic even though we both agree on it. Yes. I'll do the wrap-up. I'll do the, the hard recapping work. So there's uh, a woman named Eleanor Shellshop, great name, who uh, <laughs> she dies, like, but you don't really see the death. She's dead. She ends up uh, in this place called The Good Place 
on earth she was a terrible person in a hilariously terrible uh floridian if i'm remembering that correctly uh i know arizona jason is from florida she's from arizona uh yeah no that's not a huge spoiler yeah yeah true um Um, yeah she was from tempe yeah, yeah. So she, she, she was this horrible, terrible person who died by like getting run over by a shopping cart full of margarita mix. Yeah. Um, and she uh, ends up in the good place by accident. Which um, is like this concept that isn't fully explained, but basically there is in a pseudo Judeo Christian you know, version of heaven and hell, there's a good place and a bad place. And uh, there's like different neighborhoods in the good place where everybody is put together with a soulmate and everyone is compatible. Uh, everything has this perfect existence, um, but she doesn't belong there. And everything basically goes to shit. But what makes this show, what catapults it past being, uh, you know, a sitcom about like oh this really bad person is in heaven yeah it's more than a fish out of water sitcom it's like more than that trope i mean it, it's I, i've seen mike sure describe it as a show about ethics yeah which it is, really is it really is and th- this is what interests me so much about this show i feel like since i started watching it this is a show this is not real and i know what happens in the show even in the world of the show but yeah. like i find myself thinking like so one of the things in the show is that basically every action you have to, uh, undertaken on Earth, whether good or bad, basically adds or subtracts from your relative value as a person. You yeah. do a good act, you know, your like points a, go up. It's like a karmic score. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's like your score on Reddit, but it's your whole life. And I've been thinking, like, every little act you do in your life does impact things. And, you know... This obviously still requires you to buy into this, like, larger theory that, like, there is something beyond this world and we don't know. Yeah. But, like, I do think about, like, maybe I shouldn't have been an asshole to that person for no good reason. Yeah. And I, and I think what's, what is so smart um, that the show did, because now you hear us say that and you're like, oh, my God, it's a comedy. Why does it need yeah. to be so heavy-handed? It's not. Is, is they created this character, Chidi, um, who is Chidi based- Aragonia. I didn't know. I couldn't say something. Senegal. Um, <laughs> he is basically he is this egg-headed philosopher. Yeah. Who who uh, you learn basically is paralyzed over the thought of having this. He's he's constantly considering what's good, what's bad. Is what I'm doing the correct thing? Is it the wrong thing? And the show almost says, "Yeah, we know. You can't think about this shit every second, or you'd be paralyzed." Yeah. But you also should not think about it. It's a very yeah. self-aware show. And Christabel and uh, I can't off the top of my head say the actor who plays Chidi. I can't remember his name. Um, I can't off the top of my head say the actress who plays Janet, but she is fucking hilarious. Janet is the robot that appears out of thin air when you say her name. And she is great. She's excellent. And Ted Danson is a goddamn delight. Ted Danson, I mean, you know, I was making fun of this being like a Ted Danson vehicle for him to get back to the top. This is the best thing he's done since Cheers. Put him in everything. Well, he was great in Fargo, too. Oh, Don't yeah, sleep yeah, yeah, on yeah. Ted Danson. Yeah, Ted Danson is that. an American yeah, treasure. He was great in that. But like, what was that terrible show where he had a, he was like a doctor or something. Oh, I, I don't know. Um, it was, but yeah, I know, I, I realized what you're saying. Yeah, that, that show was horrible. Um, but it, it's just a really excellent show. And it's just, it's so different from like anything else I've watched on TV in a long time. Yeah, so it's on season two now. And uh, I think it's on a hiatus at the moment. Um, feel like the holiday season, but I, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I hope so because I was watching it on YouTube TV yeah. and I had all these episodes and I watched them all and I'm like, okay, that's enough TV for today. Yeah. And then I went back and they were gone. I'm like, oh. Well, I keep checking because uh, I'm, I'm an old, even though I'm younger than you, who still has cable. So I keep checking on demand and it's there's it hasn't updated on Hulu or on demand. What, so. what episode are you at? Do you remember? I completely forget because it hasn't updated. Oh, so okay. I, I think it's on a hiatus because it wasn't a full season. But anyway. What, oh, that would make sense uh, given where I was, not to spoil it, but it was like a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe that was just like, maybe I just watched all there was. I, I think you did. Uh, but, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, season one does a really good job of building this universe for which is kind of a good pun if you watch The Good Place because it's a literal universe building. Yeah. But, uh, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nailed but, it. But I think what you should just take into account is you got to watch the whole first season 
Trust that you're in good hands from people who know how to do the shit really well. If you get through the first season and you don't love it, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. And then, and then the second season has been very good thus far. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone about it the other night and they're like, oh, I watched like the first episode or two and I didn't really get it. And I guess it took me like an episode or two. I really don't remember. Um, but it was kind of... And it's generally a half-hour comedy. It's easy. Yeah, to exactly. Um, but if you go to twitter.com slash mcwm, yeah. you'll see that my current uh, background is the first thing that you see when you wake up in the good place. Hello. Which is just in the waiting room where it says, <laughs> welcome. Everything is great. In really big green letters on the wall in a great font. Um, so I made that my Twitter background because that maybe people will like going to my Twitter page then. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a very good show. It's very smart, and you're in good hands. I'm and that's as much as you can say. No, isn't Allstate you're in good hands? Yeah, you can't hit a curveball though. That's a deep cut major league joke. I say fuck you, Joe. <laughs> I told myself. If you got that reference, you watched Major League. God bless you if you got that reference. <laughs> so full. I know. This is painful. I've had two. You've had one. I know, and I chugged one though. Oh. I might chug another one. Just oh, no, Actually, no. Your this next is the greatest. Is good. The next subject, subject is good. I wonder if like what people think the next subject is going to be because we keep saying it's so good. Oh it's wait, probably... am I doing that one next or am I doing the other one next? No, you should definitely do that because then wait, this one. Oh, wait. yeah, the one that cursor is on right now. Yes, you guys are hearing the background of what happens in the production of this very involved. <laughs> yes, because if production. you don't, if you don't do that one, then this one isn't going to make any sense. Okay, well my last topic is going to suck. I'm saying that now, but well that's fine. Just okay. say the worst for last. That's how things work. Um, okay, so here we go. Tim, snap that beer off its plastic Snap house. that beer, Tim. Snap that beer, Tim. Oh, <laughs> I heard that. I got all kinds of things going. Oh, no. Oh, it's overflowing. Okay. That was a great noise. It was like a very small ripping. Yeah, if there's, if there's anybody who likes ASMR, yeah, maybe, a maybe I nailed it for you. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make me a millionaire. <laughs> um, Tim, AMSR, TMA. Oh, Damn it, that would have been a good pun. If Mike, Mike had two beers and is <laughs> drunk. <laughs> Yeah. What's your subject? It's really a strong beer. Um, my <laughs> subject is the greatest subject. Um, I'm literally hugging a pillow. The Philadelphia 76ers is no, your subject. I'm not trusting the process. Um, trusting the process? <laughs> my subject is, well, you know, it It started a long time ago. Oh, God, you're the worst. In a galaxy far, It is insufferable far being your friend. <laughs> wow, thank you, friend. Um, this, we're going to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars. Now, to be clear, neither of us has seen it yet. We didn't see screeners. Well, I didn't see Star Thursday. Wars in general. But if you want to talk about Star <laughs> yeah, Wars no. Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. No, neither of us has seen The Last Jedi. Both of us have seen the entirety of Star Wars. Yes. Mike has a far deeper knowledge than I do. I'm about a, like, on a scale of one to ten uh, Star Wars fandom I am at best a two. Mike is at worst a nine point eight. You are a Padawan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the movie comes out. Uh, well, I think the premiere was tonight or last night. The reviews go up tomorrow. Um, reviews, or no, they went up today. Reviews up today. Yeah. What day is oh, today? Is Tuesday. Oh, yeah. God. Reviews I, went up today, and they were universally good. But I didn't read a single. Beer one. has pushed me back in time. Uh, but yeah, the reviews went up today, and from what I've heard, they were excellent. Yeah. Um, which is good, but I don't like to read them. And apparently, Variety, I think it was, like, spoiled a bunch of stuff. Like, Yeah, somebody broke the embargo. No, no, no. They literally wrote what happens in the, their review. Yeah, which is... Like, that's just an asshole part. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're Variety. Anyway, we're going to show Variety. But, like, um, so the reason I wanted to talk about it is because of a few reasons. So, Star Wars is... And it has been a space opera that started. <laughs> Imagine if they didn't know what Star Wars was, just like something. Yeah. Well, in 1977, A New Hope premiered. Actually, it wasn't called that. It was just called Star Wars. Oh, God. They didn't. They retrofitted So we it. came up with a new name for Mike. Uh, some of group of friends <laughs> call him the Fact Man. Because if you spend more than like three minutes talking about something, Michael Andrews, well, you know. <laughs> I'm like pop-up video on yeah, the you are. You just... Oh my god, you're a pop up video VH1. That's what you are. You're like an episode of a normal show where there's a thought bubble of NCWM coming in and saying things. 
I know, it's really insufferable. And yet I haven't won HQ trivia yet. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, Star Wars has been one of the... It's so lame and so many people, but like, you know, as a generation that grew up with that second wave of Star Wars, like it has been a massive part of my life as long as I can remember. I had like birthday sleepovers where we watched the original trilogy and like, you know, I saw all the opening, all the old movie or the prequels on opening day back in the day. And I used to read all the novels. I was part of the UK fan club, you know, like I was, I was deep into it as a kid. But weirdly, like, for the most part, most of the childish things that I cared about have either fallen away or just become nostalgia. You know, like all the Marvel movies, I love them. They're great. But that's just like, oh, yeah, this is like, this reminds me of my past. This reminds me of being a kid. Um, the Lego movies do the same thing. Or if I, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Transformers, same kind of thing. Ghostbusters. But, um... For some reason, Star Wars has never stopped feeling present. And even though the prequels were horrible, they added to the world in a, in a certain way. And Lucasfilm, uh, George Lucas's production house that he sold to Disney a few years ago, um, has been phenomenal since I would say the mid-90s at kind of realizing just how much they can turn the screw with Star Wars beyond the films and make this universe that feels so lived in and so interesting and so yeah. rich. And that's like video games and movies and cartoons and all this other crap, which I like didn't really buy into until recently where I have this like side gig at courts where I am like the resident Star Wars guy. So I've watched all of the cartoons. I've read a lot of the comics, Yeah, which I don't know why I'm admitting that on a podcast, but um, you know, right. I've, I've, I've done a lot of the ex extraneous shit and God, I feel as much in the world of Star Wars as I did when I was like 12. But like no, no other thing has kept my attention like that. Yeah. To the point where, I was telling you this a minute ago, um, I bought the new um, Battlefront 2 video game. Yeah. The first one was like, it came out, or it wasn't the first one, but the one from a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a Star Wars video game, in case you don't know. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's like a multiplayer game, but it had like a... It didn't really have much of a, a single-player mode, and that was like a big uh, bone of contention. So this new one came out a, a couple weeks ago, and it adds this whole... There's a whole single-player mode that um, is like a whole story yeah. um, featuring this woman, Iden Versio, as the main character, and she starts out as this like um, elite spy in the Empire, who are the bad guys, in case there's no one listening to the podcast who doesn't know the Empire is. Yeah, but um, you'd, maybe, you'd uh, be surprised. Yeah, that's true. My dad might be listening. But I mean, like people. So that's that's the kind of thing about like where Star Wars is ubiquitous, but you forget that some people just watch a few of the movies. Yeah, no, that's very true. But so that's what's so crazy about this game, right? It's like a game. It's a video game, but like it tells the story of the spy and her spy squad that squad. are. <laughs> That it starts, uh, I don't know when it is, it starts like in, in the chronology, it's like between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So that's the world. She's like, the Empire is still the controlling force in the world, like, or in the universe. Like, she's part of this. Uh, she's captured by the rebels and has to get out. That's like the first mission. Um, kill a bunch of people. Um, and, like, you start out and you're like, I was kind of like, ah, oh, I have to play a bad guy for the whole time? That sucks. But then um, eventually she defects and she's on her home world and she's watching and she kind of realizes like, you know, she is saved. Like there's, I don't know, something happens in the world blowing up. The empire is blowing it up to like show a um, force or something. I don't know, something stupid versus yeah, the empire. Yeah, like yeah. They do in all the movies, right? Um, and she kind of realizes like, oh, this totalitarian regime that I thought was always protecting my family really didn't give a shit. And I'm only being saved because I'm a high-ranking officer of value. Yeah. And, like, you get this whole story, and eventually she defects, and she joins the Rebellion, and does all this there, stuff. Well, that's... Uh, do you mind if I jump in here? Yeah, of course. Um, that was, like, the most played thing ever done on the Six-Pack Podcast. Mm. <clears throat> but I think something you're getting at here that we talked about a little bit off-mic. That's... I wanted to say off-mic. <laughs> it's cool. But I think that when you look at 
um, Rogue One, which was a spy, like a, basically a, a Star Wars spy film where, I'm spoiling this, where like, well, that came out a year ago. I know, but yeah. so did The Good Place, where, where, every, oh, true. where everybody dies, or you look at even the, like the, um, the, the, the trilogy that came out when we were kids, the, yeah, yeah. I don't even know the proper, the prequels, the prequels. Yeah. Those are both things where they did the heavy lifting of making you realize what's behind this like very Joseph Campbell hero's journey yeah. with with uh, Luke Skywalker and his extended family, the Skywalker yeah. family, yeah. where Rogue One shows you that like, yeah, every war is mass death. Yeah. And the prequels show you that and they did it poorly and yeah. they were much maligned, but they showed you that systems don't collapse with one big thing. They collapse with an insidious force yeah. not being stopped slowly and through bureaucracy. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, that's a really good way of putting it. And I think it's like the difference between a movie like um, Dunkirk and... Uh, full Metal Jacket or, or Saving Private Ryan you know where you see the war is hell yeah, yeah okay but you don't see the monotony you don't see yeah. the life as a as a private um, you know like that kind of stuff and that's what's so interesting and what they're being able to do now with decades of Star Wars universe is like build out like a crazy awesome video game that shows you what like life as a foot soldier is yeah and movies like Rogue One and we were talking about this before but like uh, the director of The Last Jedi which is premiering this week um, has been put in charge of another separate trilogy beyond the main Luke Skywalker family trilogy uh, or sorry you know set of movies um, and we were both saying we really hope that it like either explores genres mm -hmm. or explores just like something in this massive universe beyond Luke Skywalker and his very messed up family like, I wrote this uh, a while ago for a story for Quartz about, like, how I really wish that this was a thing that Disney does with, with Star Wars. Is like, there's all this lore about how, like, the Jedi came to be and, like, yeah. tens of thousands of years before in their world, um, you know, before they invented lightsabers. Yeah. They were basically samurai. Yeah. Like, how cool <clears throat> would a samurai film with, like, force powers in, like, the Force universe... Be yeah. like they, I just would love to see more like, um, and you suggested a western. Like you could set something on Tatooine even. Like yeah, show me the show me the hero's journey of the guy who comes into town, saves the day, uh, but has a trouble past, and like show me a western. Which like well, the, the that sounds a lot like a certain Han Solo. No, but the, <laughs> but the, Han Solo is different. Um, He's a scruffy looking so I, I, I had a great history teacher who loved westerns. Yeah. Uh, and the story of most Westerns or most great Westerns, her stranger comes into town. Yeah. Stranger defeats this ominous bad guy. Uh, stranger has a somewhat romantic interest with uh, a woman of some sort. Yeah. That romance is in some way forbidden. Uh, they don't, there's that specter hangs over the scene, never happens. Um, Stranger leaves because he has to go on to the next thing. Yeah. That's pretty much every great Western. Also, but, Quantum Leap, the TV show. Yes. With Scott Bakula. Which, you know, hey, Quantum Leap. I mean, they're hoping the next leap will be the leap that gets God, it. There's a family that down the street, uh, shout out to the Walshers, who had the DVD box set of Quantum Leap. So it's so sad. I know. <laughs> How much goes it? <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm saying about Star Wars that I, that I appreciate and I hope they keep doing is that I, I appreciate any attempt to build, and apparently this movie upcoming is great, The Last Jedi is great, but I, I appreciate that they've attempted to build some sort of texture to that world and yeah. show me people who aren't the main characters because that adds to the central, you know, like the, the tree trunk of the story. Whereas yeah. like something like Marvel, and I've never been into Marvel, I've never yeah. been into Marvel or DC like, yeah. you know, like, like you might have been, but like, Everything with uh, Marvel feels like, huh, huh, like, like yeah. ribbing you, like, hey, we're gonna get back to the Avengers, huh, yeah. huh. I know, I, I agree with that. Um, 
mean, you even saw that in like, like show me the fucking family of the janitor where the destroys his fucking building that he works at. And he doesn't have a job. I mean, that's when, like, like Rogue One is a great example. Of yeah, that. but like you even saw that in The Force Awakens with like Finn and Rey being like, you know, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's real. Like stuff like yeah. that. I always it's some so low level. Yeah, he's just a stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah he's just a regular stormtrooper. He got freaked out. And, and, Ray, and, and Ray's even more so. Yeah, well, I mean, Luke was similar to Ray. Which brings me to the last thing I wanted to say about Star Wars. Who is Ray? Where I think we're going to find out this week, and I'm going to freak out. Probably. I'm, sorry, I just made some noise there. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure we will, because I don't think they'll hold it for the third. No, because it's this is... Empire Strikes Back is when Luke, I am your father. Yeah, but I also, I'm, I'm curious because I'm genuinely unsure of where the story is going to go. Yeah. And I find that exciting. I agree. I mean, I don't know who it's going to be, but I feel like she has to be a Skywalker. Yeah, probably. I don't know who, because I, I do think it would be weird if they're there's like... There's a whole shit ton of theories out there, though. Oh, there's a million theories, but like I feel like it's one that's used Palpatine's offspring or something. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen all of them, but like it would be. I feel like she has to be a Skywalker, but it would be weird if she was Luke's daughter because a apparently the first line. I'm going to spoil this. No, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, I've done everything I can to avoid these spoilers. Okay, I want to spoil it. Probably to like the chagrin of my job performance. Okay, but I won't spoil it. But um, the it seems unlikely that he's related also because I feel like it would be really shitty of them to be like Luke had a daughter but where is the wife character like I mean so the most likely thing is that at some point along the way Leia and Han yeah that's what I'm thinking that's yeah. like Luke I mean that just seems likely yeah that's, that's and the, the but I feel like that's so her? boring well yeah but she would say something right I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And there's yeah. no point in like debating it. Yeah, me and Mike are going on Thursday. So yeah. if, if, we, if we have a pod next week, which we're hoping. But from Mike has, London. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how we're going to do it from London. Uh, shouts to Ed Zichon, who kept telling us to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kept telling us the service, and we're too lazy to get it. Oh, yeah. We'll do that. Okay. Drink that beer. We spoke about Star Wars for so long. I know, but I chugged through one of them, so All I feel right. like we're eating okay, out. Pass me that. The next subject is related, which is why we are fussing over the order. <laughs> And just to tell you, yeah, we do kind of tell each other what we're going to do before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, ready? Pop that can, bro. Ow. Oh, no, it's fizzy. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about uh, is related to this because I was thinking about it quite a bit. Excuse me. Gross. Uh, I want to talk about movie theaters. I love movie theaters. See, here's, here's my point about movie theaters. Uh, and this will all connect, hopefully. So I really want to see the film uh, Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, I've heard only amazing things, and it seems directly up my alley. Is it about Lady Bird Johnson? No, it's not. It's a film by... Gr- you, you just not heard of Lady Bird? No, I've heard of it. I, okay. I don't know what it's about, though. It's a, it's a film by Gre- uh, directed and written by Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan. I hope I said that correctly. Saoirse. It's... it's <laughs> yes. Uh, whatever. It's about like a... It doesn't really matter. It's about a teenage girl in Sacramento. It's supposed to be really good. It's kind of a story in a very interesting way. But it's like Boyhood, but bad, uh, but good, right? Boyhood was good. Boyhood was terrible. We're, we're not, I'm not here talking about this. Okay, good. But I want to see Lady Bird. Um, but I've also... And uh, my girlfriend also wants to see Lady Bird. And we've talked about going a bunch of times. Yeah. But every time I think about going, I think about like, well, that's going to cost X amount of dollars. Yeah. It's going to cost X amount of time. Uh, it's going to cost like X amount of traveling to go to the theater. Uh, How old are you? Just let, let me get to my point. And well, cause I've been busy too. So it's like, you know, you really got to find the time to do it. Okay. Um, and as we do this, Mike is taking a picture for Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> he's really focused. I'm so uh, focused. Um, and, and, the, and you have to kind of plan this out and I haven't done it yet. And I keep thinking, like, well, worst comes to worst, I will gladly pay the whatever comes out immediately on video on demand. I'll glad or, or like through Amazon. Like a year from now. No, it comes out way quicker than you think. I, if if it well, comes out for an independent, if it comes out on like Amazon or it comes out on like whatever, yeah, I will gladly pay probably the twelve to fifteen dollars to just straight up buy it. 
because it'll be it'll be at least half the price of what it would cost me to go see it. But what I, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm connecting it back to movie theaters. Yeah. By saying I've been to certain theaters. Um, you also only have access to at home the same movie theater that you and I went to for the last two years in the story is. Right. What I'm saying is. Yeah. There are certain movie theaters, as an AMC in, in uh, Delaware that I've gone to, or it might be in section Pennsylvania, but it's close to Delaware yeah. that I've gone to, where they build in like these big, comfortable seats. They build in, you can get decent food, you can uh, get a beer and watch the movie, uh, and they have fewer people, a better screen, and amenities. Yeah. And I think movie theaters have not adapted enough. I think there's very few places that do that any that, that, that do that yet. And I think a big reason why people don't go see movies outside of the fact that you can get it later on demand is that the movie theater experience, if the movie isn't great, doesn't add enough to where what we have at home, which is a couch Everybody has, for the most part, and this is a privileged statement, but many people have very large televisions yeah. with flat screens and a better picture than a projector. Yeah. Well, they not have, every projector. What? Not every projector. Okay. Yeah. Then, then many. Yeah. You have the comfort of your home. Uh, you have the don't have to travel. You have a million options with every Netflix, Amazon, etc. Yeah. I don't think – I think more movie theaters need to do something besides putting out Star Wars, which I'll go see because it's Star Wars, to really make me want to come and have an experience at your theater rather than just saying we're a bigger version and a worse, less comfortable version than what you have at home. I am inclined to agree with a lot of that. For example, so I didn't know where I was going to be for um, the like Christmas period. So I didn't buy a ticket for Star Wars until like two days ago. Tim hadn't got one either. And so when we were looking for um, a place to go see it, our options were, you know, because I want to see it on opening day, our options were very limited. And um, we basically came down to two. I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah. We came down to two options. And we chose, neither of them were good. One option, which is the one we chose, was Times Square, like an AMC or Regal. No, it was Regal. Yeah. Um, also, I'm going to say this in the podcast, So the Regal Ewok. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I just think that's funny. Yeah. It's because I watched Return of the Jedi last night. Um, but that's a normal theater. It's a very movie theater theater. The seats are fine. The popcorn's fine. It's a very generic movie theater. But they have a 4K screen that's the size of freaking Delaware and you know it sounds good it's got proper THX Dolby Atmos you know it's a good yeah movie going experience which is why we chose it the other option which and oh and that screening that we're going to is at 11 o'clock at night um sorry for tired at work friend. yeah exactly the other option was this cinema in Chelsea that I guess had just I don't know either like gotten rates to show Star Wars or had added another showing or something but it was like a normal like seven or eight o'clock. We could have sat wherever we wanted. Like Tim and I are sitting a little too close for my liking at the Regal. Um, but this was like eight o'clock, sit anywhere, reasonable price. But you're going there and it's, it's basically a freaking TV screen. Yeah. Like it's not that much bigger than my 55 inch TCL that I bought off Amazon for $300. Yeah. And I completely get what you're saying when it comes to cinemas like that, which especially when you go outside of New York City, there's a ton of those. We had one um, that Tim and I went to in grad school in Evanston in Illinois that was so strange because it was like generic movie theater um, structure for most of it, but then they kind of like tacked on an indie movie theater. Yeah. So every – like the – screen placement wouldn't make any sense. It wasn't like this section is indie, this section is, is blockbuster. But the indie section had like a bar and like you could get beers and like I think there was pretty good food there and you could yeah. take that in. So Tim and I would go get like a beer and then go watch Ant-Man or something. That was a movie of the time. And, and like that's such a nicer experience. Yeah, I think that like, listen, I mean, I hate to be like the guy talking about millennials because it's such a, Dumb generalization, but 
people in general, including young people, which includes millennials, they're wising up yeah. to the fact that like a lot of experiences that you can only get in big public domains now are available to us in person, but people yeah. will sh- will shell out money for experiences. Yeah, I agree. And, and the, going to a movie most of the time anymore is not an experience. If anything, it's an experience in frustration because you have a seat that should be comfortable and is not. Yeah. You have people who talk talk or are just like annoying chewing something loudly yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you have to deal with that shit but it's like unless the movie's great and I haven't like if I'm being perfectly honest yeah for my sensibilities I'm about as excited to see Lady Bird as I am to see Star Wars wow and and not but but the reason I would go to see Star Wars is because it's an event yeah and the cultural significance of Star Wars and the cultural event of Star Wars will inspire me to go see a movie yeah. at 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. Whereas Lady Bird, I think I will enjoy as much, if not more, than Star Wars. Probably more. I, I love okay. I love movies like that. that okay. But, I love coming um, of age. I love like... You love this, coming of age. Yeah, I love those sorts of films. I jerk. Okay, but, right, but, right but, I, but the reason I'm going to a Star Wars show is because the experience is built in and it's not yeah. because of anything that a theater, which ostensibly is selling you an experience, is doing. Yeah. Um, what I have always said for as long as I can remember, which is probably like last week, um, there is a certain type of movie that you need to see in cinema and Star Wars is a hundred percent one of them, like action movies in general, anything where like a lot of shit is happening really fast on screen. You want to see that in a big sharp screen. Makes sense. Um, and then there are certain films that are like very experiential. They might not necessarily be big budget films like um, two recent examples I'd say that I'd put in this are Dunkirk and Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 yeah. which are like you should have seen those in IMAX on the biggest fucking screen you could find Yeah. Um, and like I came out of both of those movies feeling like drunk Yeah. Like I, I had been changed by seeing those movies you don't get that experience sitting on your Wayfair couch looking at your TCL computer which oh. is what we're doing right now but, but I think like it's not a hard fix right you know, like, find some way to make, and, like, I, you know, it's a beer podcast, so this is on brand, but, like, sitting and watching a film like Lady Bird, which is just apparently meticulous and very well-built, and it's this story you want to really digest, sitting there and having a cocktail and watching it is a very pleasurable experience. I agree. Um, and, and I think that, like, that's something where I will definitely buy it when it comes out now. Because at this point, I'm not going to see it in theaters. Yeah. But it's like you got to you got to do the work to make this worth selling. And and the thing you're describing with a film like Dunkirk or uh, Blade Runner, the heavy lifting is being done by the filmmaker. Yeah. To where it's to where they're done by the structure of the theater, the Atmos sound actually being used properly. IMAX film being used properly, but those but those are filmmakers saying, "I want to make you an experience." I want, like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, building yeah, this totally, for the theaters. Totally. It's like Jordan Peele with Get Out totally. made it because he made it with a film where he said, "I it, it's going to be a movie that you should see in theaters and you should see more than once." Yeah, and uh, he's explicitly said that, but that shouldn't you know it should be a collaborative effort between the actual theaters and and I guess like there's a just a you know, the inertia of how movie theaters have always been is hard to, like, counteract, and there's a lot of, like, physical changes places have to make. Yeah. And it's encouraging that places like AMC or, like, Nighthawk in, yeah. in New York or... Yeah, or um, Alamo. Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft House. Yeah, yeah. Are doing things... Just experiment with the form. And, and I don't that's, know. that's the best example of what you're talking about. Alamo Draft House is, like, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I have a confession to make. Yeah. This topic has gone on for too long. Yeah. But it is physically paining me to finish this beer, so I am... Just do the best you can. Just I know. No, it. I'm going to finish it. I'm just saying. That's why we've been talking about cinema screens for so long. Yeah. So, like, if anybody here works for Regal, improve it. I have so many Regal points. Yeah? From that dumb cinema in Astoria. <laughs> I love that you still sit like a print. Cinema. Theater. <laughs> I am so full even of Christmas. Even if they made intimate theaters for yeah. smaller movies... That would be fantastic. Those do exist. What about um, uh, the IFC, for example, in New York, where we live? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess it's more. That's it's a easier great to find example that. Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, you're not going to find that in Schenectady. You're not going to find that in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't know what the hell's in Montgomery. Yeah, don't, don't, don't generalize. Who knows? Okay. Um, but I have no beer left, so we're going to talk about our last topic. Thank goodness. Oh, wait, no, oh, I, I feel drink now, so unwell. This is the worst I've ever felt on a podcast that we've done. Oh, God. I'm not looking forward to this. I'm so full. <laughs> Tim was telling me that he was going to bike home. There's 100% no way. Oh, no. Happen. I'm going to hit the old oops. Um, I know that we're taping a live podcast, but I feel like I need a minute. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Oh, just, we're I'm just never together. doing a six and a half percent. Christmas beer again. Not only are we rusty at podcasting, we're also just really dealing with this Christmas beer right now. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> okay, there we go. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm good. So, we saved the worst topic for last. This week, for no good reason, um, I uh, I bought some Bitcoin. Oh, you're the worst at so much <laughs> drinking this beer. <laughs> that oh way. my god, you... Oh. <laughs> The way that Tim feels drinking that beer is how everyone should feel about Bitcoin. Oh, I lost money. I just opened Coinbase, which is the, yeah. I don't know, stupid app that I use yeah. to buy this stupid fake money, stupid thing. Yeah. So let me tell you the first annoyance about, I have about cryptocurrency. You know really grinds my gears? really grinds my gears here. So I sign up. The reason I actually signed up is... Dave, my colleague, Dave Gershmarn, is writing a story. <laughs> Gersh. Gersh. Shut up a bitch. He's just going to slip in the last night. Okay. Wicked pizza. Uh, he's writing a story about how Bitcoin oh. is the... Don't, don't break his story on the fucking podcast. It will be up before this is up. Oh, maybe it won't. It he's won't. Right, right. So he's writing a story about Bitcoin. And I was trying to like do it along to see if I could do it. Like, just how do I buy a Bitcoin? Yeah. Which I can't buy a, bit, a Bitcoin because they're worth seventy thousand yeah, dollars so now. But I was like, okay, I gotta see what this whole Bitcoin thing. Like, I know what it is, but I, and then I realized that I don't actually have any idea how to buy it. <laughs> this so, is the practicality of it. Yeah, and that's why I was like trying to follow along Dave's instructions, and I used this uh, service, this exchange called Coinbase, which was like one of the biggest. And I set up an account. I like put all the security checks in place. And I link my bank account, which is, you know, worrying in and of itself. But um, I pay, I put 50 bucks in and I get a little thing that pops up saying, congratulations, your, uh, your, your payment will be cleared by Saturday. Huh. And I'm like, ah, damn it. And then it didn't occur to me that what is happening was this was... Still, because it was a direct deposit, essentially, it was it was going through an ACH. It was going through a clearinghouse. Okay. So it takes three business days. And this was yesterday. I don't know why it's taking until Saturday, but I guess they're erring on the side of caution. But it was just like, all right, I wanted Bitcoin now to be able to say that I did it. Yeah. Which is dumb. Like, I did it technically, but I didn't want to wait six days to actually see it and how do I, like, do shit with it. Yeah. So I... Complained about it on Twitter.com slash MCWM. That's new for you. I know, right? I never complained on Twitter. Um, and somebody responded saying, if you link a credit card, you pay through a credit card, your limit is way, way lower. Yeah. But the uh, transaction is instant. So I put another 50 bucks in. Yeah. And <laughs> it says that it goes through. Uh, you know, it's the same credit. Congratulations, money's available. Um, and then I get a text from Bank of America going, uh, what is this? <laughs> Basically, and it was like one of those automated ones. This is fraud. There is fraud on your account. Yeah. Alert! Alert! And I'm like, no, I. Danger, Mr. Robinson. Yeah. So I respond like, okay, you can now try your transaction again if it didn't go through. <laughs> so I do it again, and then I go look at my account. Now I have 150 dollars in fucking Bitcoin because <laughs> it went through twice. And yeah. like, there are so many things wrong with that. Like, first off, it takes five days. To sell Bitcoin, yeah, and you know, fifty of those dollars, I bought them at whatever price I bought them at. I don't even remember. It was like sixteen and a half thousand. So you probably only own like point zero zero zero. Yeah, I own nothing. But what bothers me is like, right? So, I mean, obviously, this is the speaks to the larger problem of Bitcoin in general. But it was like, I bought it at whatever sixteen and a half thousand for yeah. one. It takes five days to get to my account. 
that could, it could be worth a billion dollars in five days, or it could be worth pennies. Yeah. The way that this stupid stock has been going, and so I've been tracking because uh, they're in chunks, right? So I just took one of the fifties that's actually in my account. Yeah, I've been tracking and annoying the shit out of everyone around me, be like, "I made money." You sure have, yeah. So um, first off, there's a processing fee that is relative to the size of the money that you put in. So for fifty bucks, it's two dollars. That's so, not insignificant. No, exactly. So my my payment was for fifty dollars, but I actually got like forty eight dollars. The second time I was like, aha, I'm gonna be smarter. I did fifty one dollars or no fifty two dollars. But then I didn't realize that once you kick it up above fifty, it goes to three dollars. Oh I was like, fuck you! Because I guess it goes to like fifty dollar amounts or something. Um and so, so the strong place forty nine ninety nine? Yeah, exactly. Um so uh I was looking today, and so if you look at the money that you had, the actual money after the fee on the first one was like 48-something. I don't remember what. And then I looked yesterday at one point, I'm like, man, I'm up to like 50, 70. I'm like, that's a great return after one day. I am going to short this stock. I have no idea how to do that. And A, it's not a stock. B, (laughs) this is a currency. C, this isn't even the fucking point of this thing. Yeah. It's not to amass it like currency, like uh, like a uh, rare asset like we're doing, like we have done forever with gold or whatever. Yeah. This whole fucking thing was supposed to be this like crazy way of being able to like verify any kind of transaction that occurs yeah. using currency online. It's, it's, become, it's become this like gold rush when the yeah. intention was to revolutionize Money. I mean, the fucking Winklevoss twins of Facebook fame. Winklevi. The Winklevi are billionaires now because of this. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. But it doesn't matter. Like, even if the, even if it crashes, this has fo- followed the exact same structures of traditional currency and traditional like assets. Like, there's nothing new about the way. Like, the only thing new is that holds all of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what they're saying. They call them whales. I, I read some story that the ones who hold all the most of them, like uh, the the guy that nobody knows who founded Bitcoin is called Satoshi. Yeah. Apparently, has like forty percent of all Bitcoin. So I don't know how many thousands of coins are out or millions of coins are out there, but like if each single coin is worth seventeen thousand dollars now, it's it's funny though because that that guy or woman or whoever this person yeah. is. <laughs> they have all that money theoretically, but if they tried to sell it, would well, you know who they are? Yeah, and that's the whole point they of their fucking currency that they created, right? Yeah. Um, and the th- so the thing that really bothers me about this is that, I mean, I have no money. Like it, it's a hundred dollars, and then it will be one hundred and fifty on Saturday when the rest comes. But like, I've been in obsessively checking the app. Which is 100%, beyond the fact that I can't invest in any company that I cover anything in, related to anything that I cover and I never would. I, I don't really like the stock market in general, like me personally investing. Uh, I have a 401k, but that doesn't count, obviously. And I don't like gambling for the same reason that just like when it's beyond your control, other than anything that's almost 99% speculative, it's like. What's what am I gaining out of this? Like this is just gamble. This is legalized gambling. So so what do you? So we've had a good discussion here. Like you've had a good thought about what Bitcoin is versus like what it was pitched as. Yeah. So I've never seen this much discussion about it. What do you make of it? Like what? Like yeah. what's its future? So I think, and there are many people who are infinitely smarter on this topic than me and some of them work at courts like my colleague Juni and Wong yeah I feel, um, and, and not, not you know not your colleague but I think some of the people who are so connected to Bitcoin especially those who are super invested in it are almost too close to it where oh, they yeah. can't see I, I completely agree yeah. what I was going to say is I don't think June is one of these guys but um, I think and I feel like others would agree that the underlying technology of the blockchain, the concept of having a distributed ledger that everyone um, has the same read on, that everyone can see how transactions occur, is a phenomenal concept that has tons of uses beyond currency. It has tons of uses in basically anything you need to verify. Yeah. And anything that you would prefer that we all verify together 
Um, I think it's great. I don't necessarily know if Bitcoin is anything other than a fad, but I think blockchain is a, um, a brilliant idea. So like in 10 years, or 10 is probably two, in 20 years, you don't see uh, the U.S. running predominantly on Bitcoin and Canada on Ethereum. And like <laughs> no. no, I don't. Um, now, like, they're going to pull this up in 25 years when you're some, like, big-time person and I'm a guy on the street. And they're like, <laughs> man, like, uh, there's this famous uh, Newsweek, shouts Newsweek column of, like, this guy who wrote oh, on the yeah. internet was a passing fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, exactly. like, we, we republished it, like, 20 years later, like, <laughs> Well, this guy had it all wrong. So we could be all wrong. We could 100% be wrong. But to me, this speaks more of the tulip bulb mania in the 1600s than it does the future of currency. I would, yeah, I mean, you got at this, but I would say the difference between tulip mania and this is that there is an underlying kind of game-changing technology there. But that's separate than the currency. That is separate separate from Bitcoin, that's true. But, but, But I think, like... If Tulumania was sparked by like an agricultural revolution, then maybe yeah. it'd be a more proper. I mean, you can make the argument that like increasing trade routes or the increase in you know agricultural output like allowed for that in the same way that like our computational abilities have allowed for Bitcoin. But like that's not the God bless the six pack podcast. Start with Christmas drinks and end up with deep takes on Tulumania. I'm, <laughs> I'm almost done my beer. I actually read a thing the other day that the Dutch uh, India company was the largest company ever in history by market value. That's the end of the beer. That's crazy. That's right? a great, that's a great way to end it. All righty, um, I am so full of Christmas cheer. I mean, Christmas beer. Oh, that was bad. Uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Now we get like two thousand retweets on Twitter, which tells you it's bad. Yeah, but not from us. It would have to be someone who is like. Oh, yeah, be from corny ass. Be from like a corny ass account. Yeah, ass account. Ass account. All right, well, I'm done. I, need, I need to be done with this. <laughs> Welcome back to the six pack. We hope you enjoyed it. This was great. Oh, Tim's not great. Oh, I'm not great. Okay, well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Nailed it.